0: You know, in the break, as Antusik and myself, we looked at, uh, you know, the materials for the retreat again and, and, you know, we were thinking, you know, what would be suitable meditations, guided meditations to share with you. And, you know, it turned out that the meditations we chose are actually also, um, they're all found in the suttas. But they have been also pulled together in a particular list which uh, stems from about the 5th century AD in Sri Lanka and the list is called the Four Protective Meditations you know which we can use in order to develop the courage to meet the way things are in the way we were speaking about really connecting with feelings that can be very challenging you know to not we off into kind of story making and uh, repeating you know certain loops of conditioning over and over again to really be with the pure experience of the feelings is something which which needs uh, needs to be learned you know which needs to be trained which needs to be encouraged and uh, we really need to trust you know that this is the way because otherwise it, it's just very challenging to, to stay with the feelings without you know going into story and those uh, four protective meditations they are you know four recollections and uh, the first two show us the potential of the human mind, the potential of you know living a human life, and the second two show us the limitations so the first two you know elevate the mind, lift the mind up, inspire the mind, and the other two maybe more uh you know lead to to letting go because they show us. You know the reality of the situation we are in so I'm just gonna slowly go over the four of them and then um, you know give guidance on the first one which is the recollection of the Buddha after you know Ayas was sharing with us the uh, Dhamma Sutta today you know the first Sutta which the Buddha was teaching I thought it would be interesting, you know, for us to reflect on what kind of a mind has come up with a teaching like this. To just, you know, take this guidance to imagine what it would be to have a mind like that. So the recollection of the Buddha uplifts the mind, you know, gives us confidence, faith, you know, understanding what is possible. And knowing, you know, that the Buddha was a human being, just like us, so that, you know, we have that same potential, the same capacity, but there's a lot of conditioning, you know, to be overcome in order to realize it. But it's potentially possible. And then the second one is uh, meditation on metta, loving kindness or benevolence, which is one of the four Brahma Viharas. And that meditation also opens up the heart, opens up the mind. You know, embracing what is happening. And you know, ideally, you know, burning through the difficulties, and refining the mind in that way. Then the third one is asubha suba means beautiful in Pali and asubha means re- reflecting on the not beautiful you know looking at the body for what it really is and not in order to develop disgust or anything but in order to balance out our you know attachment you know, to, to the looks of the body from the outside basically opening it up and looking what's inside there. And then, you know, seeing something which isn't, we can't call it beautiful, I would say. It might be even, it, it might be quite, uh, you know, wondrous in a way that how a body works. But if you cut open a body, you can't really call that body see beautiful. So that helps, you know, to let go of infatuation and last and things like that it's a meditation which was specially created I think for monastics maybe you know for young monastics so that they kind of stay with the program and and then the last one is the recollection of death you know giving us a sense of urgency is traditionally used as a, as a remedy for heedlessness. you know understanding that when the time comes we, we have to give the body back to nature because that is where it comes from and that also ties in you know with the meditation on the elements so that's those four protective meditations and they are not a talisman you know protection in that sense it doesn't really you know protect us from problems but it helps to protect us from our own greed hatred and delusion and from the greed hatred and delusion of others and it gives us more capacity you know to handle whatever arises on the path and that's why it's called a protection because it helps to transform obstacles into opportunities challenges into opportunities and reminds us of what is is real and possible. So the first two show us the potential recollection of the Buddha and the Brahma Viharas and particular Metta and the second two show us the limitations of our human life. The Asupa practice, the element practice and uh, the recollection of death. And we're gonna, you know, work with all four of them during this retreat, and uh, you know, starting with uh, the recollection of the Buddha, and the recollection of the Buddha. That meditation practice is based on a list of nine qualities, you know, which we can find in the traditional Pali chanting also, and. Uh, and I'm gonna go over this list of nine qualities shortly. And then afterwards, you know, we pick out the three main qualities. And then in the meditation, we're gonna, you know, cycle through those qualities, like through, like almost like using a mantra. And then the mind, you know, has an opportunity to settle and, you know, and get more spacious, open up. And then afterwards, you know, just maybe dropping the the recollection of the qualities and just sitting with a mind you know which is spacious and collected and uh, then if the mind wanders off again and gets you know gets caught up with something we can come back and pick it up again so It's a way, you know, to uplift the mind and joy is one of the seven factors of awakening and it's really important for the mind in order for the mind to open. It needs to experience joy and then, you know, from the joy the mind starts to calm down because there's a sense of enrichment, there's a sense of um, non-grasping, you know, which comes if there is this kind of subtle joy which comes from a mind, you know, which isn't grasping anything. And I think you were speaking about that today at one point, you know. That, uh, you know, to really notice if the mind is not grasping. To really notice that the the taste of a mind which is open. And, you know, my first teacher, Ajahn Buddha Dasa, he called that you know, experiencing what he called a little Nibbana, you know, the mind which is not grasping. It's like having a taste of, you know, a little sample taste of the goal of the practice. So, you know, usually that uh, recollection of the Buddha, of the qualities of the Buddha isn't taught much in the West. Because, you know, people here in the West, there's te- not so much a tendency towards, uh, you know, faith, Sada. But I think we can really try it out and, and see how it works. Because it's not like, you know, something we need to believe in. It's, it's just like, you know, taking advantage of, you know, understanding how the mind works, how the mind uh you know, the sequence of the seven factors of awakening, that joy is a prerequisite for calming. And calming, again, you know, is a prerequisite for for the mind to collect, for the mind to become more stable. So if we understand, you know, how that naturally works, we can use... A meditation like this, simply as a skillful means, to settle the mind, and then on the other hand, also it generates uh, devotion, and you know, inspires confidence in in the Buddha as a teacher, and you know, confidence also in us that we have a uh, a path which has you know been passed on you know since over 2500 years and it has been passed on because it works otherwise it would have not people wouldn't have bothered and you know and have that sense of uh, joy which comes from knowing that we have found a very precious teaching which is you know considered really a great good fortune to be able to connect with the teaching and then stay with it and practice it yeah so let me now start you know with chanting the those nine qualities in the Pali language and then go over the qualities and explain you know what they mean <clears throat> and the chant is called Itipiso, and, and Itipiso means so he is, you know, speaking about the Buddha. Itipiso Bhagava Arahang Sama Samputo Sampano Sukato Lokavitu Anuttaro Deva tammasaratisarata devamanusanang bhagavati. So that is the chant, and you know those nine qualities. They, um, you know, they can be divided into the five first, the five. Um, qualities at the beginning are internal qualities of the Buddha and make him a reliable teacher and the other four qualities are about how the Buddha interacts with others how he can teach and guide others so and we use them as a springboard for the heart for the mind and that particular meditation we can also find in the Vishuddhimagga chapter 7 So the first quality is Arahang, which means uh, that the Buddha has completely eliminated all greed, ill will, and delusion from the mind, never to arise again. So fully purified and liberated from the will of becoming, you know, from samsara. Then the second quality is Samma Samputo, means perfectly enlightened you know, that he is fully awakened without a teacher. Fully understanding all the Dhammas and able to teach them. Then the next quality is Vicha Charana Sampano, which means perfect knowledge and understanding and conduct and ethics. And also that he has mastered meditation. next one is Sukhato, means well gone, fully gone along the noble eightfold path and reached the goal of Nirvana. And the fifth one is Lokavidu, which means knower of the worlds, fully understood the world and all other realms, externally and internally in terms of the five aggregates and the six sense bases so understanding all of the worlds externally the different realms of um, existence but also the internal world so that's the five qualities of the Buddha which makes him a reliable teacher (coughs) and then the other four qualities how the Buddha interacts with others how he can teach and guide them the first one is anuttaro sarati unsurpassed teacher and trainer of people to be trained and he understands their capacity, disposition, attitudes and that's why he can guide, he can see you know what works (coughs) and for some people he will give a very very simple teaching like the simile of the cloth for example you know just rubbing a cloth and seeing how it gets dirtier and dirtier and seeing impermanence, seeing change and for someone else, he'll give a whole long treatise about something, depending on you know what the mind of someone needs in order to awaken, he know how to respond. Sata Deva Manusanang means he a teacher of heavenly beings, devas, and human beings. And Bhutto means simply awakened one or enlightened one who also awakens others. It means awakener of beings, Buddha. And then the last one, Bhagavad, means the blessed one, the exalted one. This word is still used today in India, you know, to refer to holy beings. And in the canon, the word Bhagavā is much more used than the word Buddha. And Bhagawa means, you know, speaks to his compassion, saying he fulfilled all of the other qualities based on his great compassion. That was his motivation. You know, for countless lifetimes, he has been um, developing what's called a Paramita, out of compassion for beings, so that he would, you know, come into that capacity to be able to teach in the way I've just been describing. That was the motivation. So this is those nine qualities. And in order, you know, for doing the meditation, we're just going to summarize and condense it into three qualities. And the first one of those three qualities is Arahang. And that refers to complete purity. And when we, you know, reflect on that complete purity, you know, completely eliminated, greed, ill will and delusion from the mind. We can maybe visualize the Buddha's face, you know, his countenance. You know, just flash that image. Arahang, complete purity, you know, seeing the Buddha's face for a moment in front of our inner eye. Maybe with a smile. And then the second one, Samma, Sambuto, perfectly enlightened. You know, he is fully awakened without a teacher and is able to teach it to others, his understanding of all dhammas. So that stands for complete wisdom and also, you know, complete confidence in his capacity. And we can see that, you know, when we visualize his eyes, and there is also a, a, like a sense of confidence and sense of um, strength coming through. And then the third quality is Bhagavad, the Blessed One, the Exalted One and that stands for complete compassion. Because he's fulfilled all of those qualities based on his great compassion, that was his motivation. And we can we you know visualise his feet because after his enlightenment he was walking for forty-five years through India, you know. Going wherever he felt, you know, that there was potential for someone to awaken. Sometimes he would walk a very long way just for one person, right? Because he knew that there was one person ready, you know it walk miles and miles to get there so i'll go over those three qualities once more which we are using you know for the meditation so the first one Arahang complete purity visualizing the buddha's face the second one samma sambodho complete wisdom visualizing the Buddha's eyes. And the third one, Bhagawa, complete compassion, visualizing the Buddha's feet. And as you know, you know, before there were Buddha statues in in, in India, there was actually, you know, the, the footprint of the Buddha was worshipped or sometimes it was just an empty seat or an umbrella. And then, you know, it said through contact, actually, with with Greeks who came to India, the first, you know, Buddha statues were were made that are called the Gandhara Buddhas which sometimes even have like a little moustache and which look quite like Greek statues. And then, um, you know, slowly statues were developed in India and now we can see you know so many different Buddha statues. But in the beginning it wasn't like that. So Arahang, complete purity, Samma, Sampu, to, complete wisdom, Bhagawa, complete compassion. So now we're going to, you know, use those three, I will guide us. And we can, you know, maybe do that for a few minutes and then uh, drop it and just, uh, you know, observe, you know, how the mind is is responding to those contemplations. It's simply like a skillful means, you know, which can help us to uplift the mind. And it's, it's something you can do in your daily meditation and, uh, you know, use it for a few minutes, use it for half an hour, whatever works. This is just a um, suggestion. So please, you know, find a posture we can sustain for, let's say, forty minutes or so. just you know allow your breath to take you into your body again you're feeling the weight on the cushion on the chair how we are carried by the earth soil underneath us even if you're in the last story of a high-rise still carried by the earth then you know we bring up the concept of arahant, complete purity and you know, visualizing the face of the Buddha. Complete purity, completely eliminated all greed, hatred and delusion from the mind, never to arise again. Amazing. And then samma, sambhutto, complete wisdom, perfectly awakened, fully awakened without a teacher, and able to teach that. And then seeing his eyes, you know, his eyes of wisdom and confidence in his own wisdom. You know, and allowing that gaze, you know, to meet something in ourselves which has the similar same potential, but isn't yet fully developed. And then the third Bhagawa complete compassion. He has fulfilled all of these other qualities out of compassion for beings and visualizing the Buddha's feet you know as he is walking through India barefoot for 45 years to benefit beings. then we come back to Arahang, complete purity visualizing the Buddha's face Sammasambuto, complete wisdom visualizing the Buddha's eyes Bhagawa, complete compassion, visualizing the Buddha's feet. All of the work he has been putting in then again Arahang complete purity visualizing the Buddha's face complete purity Samma Sambuto complete wisdom visualizing the Buddha's eyes Bhagavad, complete compassion visualizing the Buddha's feet and then you know reflecting on your mind and see what does that do to your mind is there more spaciousness, openness you know just uh, with the in-breath you know really sensing the quality of the mind which is open like this, spacious and with the outpress relaxing into the spaciousness into the silence which doesn't end at the walls of the room you know experience in mind which doesn't cling to anything having like a taste, little taste of the mind free there's only a temporary taste of course So if you like, you can go over again those three qualities or just continue with your meditation, whatever works. Just mention them one more time. Arahang, complete purity. Samma, Samputo, complete wisdom. Bhagavad, complete compassion. So this is those three qualities. So now I'm going to let you sit on your own. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.